Your morning cannabis curious community and happy Friday. I was planning on talking about Michigan's recreational cannabis emergency rules, but surprise, surprise, those have not been released yet. Director Andrew Brisbo of Michigan's Marijuana Regulatory Agency has stated several times that those rules will be released in the month of June. So we have three days, including today, for Michigan to publish emergency rules. It's not terribly surprising to me that we haven't seen anything yet. In general, the government tends to set deadlines that they cannot keep. And by the government, I mean federal government and state governments alike. And Michigan in particular has had many deadlines that turn into moving targets. I understand that the process of regulating a new market is very complicated, but sometimes I think the government does themselves a disservice by setting ambitious deadlines that they can't meet or not offering transparency into the process so that we have some understanding of why things take longer than we'd like. But I don't run Michigan's Marijuana Regulatory Agency, and I'm not in Director Brisbo's shoes, so trying to refrain from judging the situation, I'm very much sitting on pins and needles waiting for these emergency rules to be released. In the meantime, the state is continuing to approve medical cannabis licenses and since the board has been abolished through an executive order by Governor Whitmer there's been an increased sort of clip or rate at which the marijuana regulatory agency has been approving or denying licenses so it looks like the intention behind abolishing that board is is being realized through more efficiency with the government agency handling the process now. Unfortunately Unfortunately, we are still seeing Michigan communities decide to opt out of recreational cannabis businesses in their communities. The reason for this is when Proposal 1 was passed and voted on, the language in that proposal said that all Michigan communities were automatically opted in unless they proactively opted out. And so many communities are choosing to opt out in the absence of any state rules. And some are stating that they'll reconsider consider once there are state regulations published. With medical cannabis, this worked sort of the opposite way. All Michigan communities were opted out unless they proactively chose to opt in. Not sure why things have to be so complicated, uh, but that's that's where we're at. So I, I'm definitely excited to see what these emergency rules are and to understand more about how the state plans to regulate the recreational market. I'm not sure that we'll see anything next week with the holiday. I anticipate maybe mid-July and once those are available I will make sure to read through them and to have a podcast specifically dedicated to talking about what I found in those rules and what it might mean for business licensees and consumers and patients. In other cannabis news, Illinois just signed their recreational cannabis bill into law. So the goal there is to have recreational dispensaries up and running by the beginning of 2020, which is ambitious. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. Uh, But the Illinois bill did set the bar for how states address the effects of prohibition with marijuana legalization. For many states, addressing the effects of prohibition is an afterthought. 
thought. They focus initially on licensing and then sort of ask themselves the question of what to do about current cannabis records and how to create access for people with prior cannabis convictions. Illinois took a different approach. They have very specific language in their bill that will allow for certain records to be pardoned by the governor. I believe it's 30 grams or less of cannabis and then records with 30 to 80 grams of cannabis can petition the governor's office for some kind of clemency or reclassification action. They also have measures in there setting aside 25% of cannabis tax revenue for communities disproportionately impacted by prohibition. And then the other measure in the bill that helps to address the effects of prohibition is um, licensing fees are cut in half for applicants with prior marijuana convictions that are looking to get into the industry. So overall, Illinois has done a great job um, of setting a new precedent for states that are looking to legalize recreationally or medically in the future. I think it remains to be seen what that 25% tax revenue will actually do for uh, communities of color. The last thing I want to cover is CBD. We're witnessing the evolution right now of fully regulating CBD federally and at the state level. CBD is a cannabinoid of the cannabis plant, and that cannabinoid can be found in hemp or marijuana cannabis. And CBD carries a very small percentage of THC, 0.3%, and that's usually the measure of if something is CBD, and if it has more than that, then it tips into the THC category in the government's eyes. I'm not sure if that would be something that a cannabis cultivator or consumer, someone who knows more about the cannabis plant, how they would define CBD versus THC. Um, But I do know that for the government's purposes, uh, for CBD products must have 0.3% or less of THC. And because this can be derived from hemp or what we think of as traditional cannabis plants, the cannabis plant can be grown and processed to produce CBD in either uh, through hemp or through marijuana. And there was a federal bill passed in 2018, the Farm Bill, which is a reoccurring bill that the federal government passes that has a lot of language in it about um, how the farm industry is run, including things like insurance programs. Something that was included in the last bill was the ability to cultivate and process and distribute hemp nationally within the U.S. Before this bill was passed, 90% of hemp in the U.S. was imported either from China or Canada. So now this really opens the floodgates for the hemp market. And hemp can be turned into, you know, tens of thousands of different products. But one thing that hemp can be used for is CBD. So now that it's federally legal to grow and process and sell and distribute hemp, CBD is exploding because CBD is a byproduct of hemp. And the federal government, because they've legalized it at that level, is responsible for determining how to regulate this industry. So the hemp industry is going to touch a number of federal agencies. And one agency that's becoming heavily involved is the FDA because CBD is being turned into, because CBD is being used in food and beauty products. The FDA now plays a role in determining how they want to regulate CBD, what the different quality measures are, and how they want to work with the industry to make sure that they're meeting these standards. Once something's legalized federally, it then opens states up to having to determine how 
they want to manage that particular issue within their own state. So the federal regulations kind of set the floor and then the states can regulate further from there. And many states are starting programs to license farmers and processors and distributors. In some states are struggling with how they themselves want to measure quality or safety standards for CBD. I believe it's Massachusetts just recently put out some guidance that sort of suggests that they're not really comfortable with having products on the shelves right now that can be ingested or used topically. So it's really sort of hamstringing their industry because they've started to license hemp growers, processors, sellers, and probably many of those people were planning on using hemp to create CBD or some sort of CBD product. And now they're kind of at a standstill while the state figures out how they do want to regulate CBD. And then to throw a monkey wrench into this is the federal government. So the FDA is telling the industry at large that it's probably going to take five years to have regulations fully defined, which is beyond absurd. It really exposes how completely inefficient and red tape ridden that agency is. And in the meantime, what it's going to do is create a underground or gray market that's exceptionally strong. So what we're seeing with CBD and the feds versus the states is similar to what we're seeing in Michigan when it comes to the recreational market with the states to local governments. The local governments don't want to make a move until they know what the state move is. And states feel similarly about CBD when it comes to the federal government defining their regulations. So I think we're in for a pretty wild ride with CBD. And I do believe in the medicinal and health benefits of CBD, but it is very important as a consumer to to know where your CBD comes from and how it's grown and produced because right now the chances of there being any quality control are very slim. And there are some third-party companies that are coming into the market right now that offer a sort of certification but that's not tied to any specific government standards right now because there are none. Getting a certification like that is probably more of like a business decision in terms of does it give your consumers more peace of mind so it's worth the investment? That's a question probably with a couple different layers that you'd have to think through. All right, y'all, that's what I have for you this Friday. I hope you keep staying cannabis curious and the information is valuable. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and be on the lookout for a podcast interview early next week with NJ Master Grower. It's a great conversation about cannabis cultivation and the status of recreational legalization in New Jersey. All right, thanks for your support and have a wonderful weekend. Bye, y'all.